has her BFA in screenwriting and has written on numerous award-nominated television shows in Australia. My um, very good friend Nina kept speaking about this woman called Hannah who they wrote a TV show with and a short film with and how amazing she is. So I was desperate to have her on Backyard Stories. So thank you for being here tonight. As a writer, I'm always asked to send through a bio. I'm not a bad writer, but I've been told by many people that I have a very bad bio. <laughs> it's hard to reduce yourself to a few sentences, especially when you're as multifaceted as me. <laughs> Currently it starts, Hannah Samuel is a queer writer of colour, which although factually correct, feels deceitful. There is only one thing that I want the world to know. I was not formed in the womb, but during a period of six months, 13 years ago. A period which is not only my favourite topic, but my entire personality. You guessed it, I went on French exchange. In the 28 years of my life, there have been a lot of changes. We have come from an era of dial-up internet to literally carrying the world's knowledge in our pocket. But the only universal experience that has remained unchanged by time and context is that every damn person on this planet has at one point wanted to, and deep down still wants to, go on French exchange. Before we get to my French exchange, my defining moment, I'll set the scene for you. At 16, I lived in Viewbank in the northeastern suburbs. Everyone and everything was boring. <laughs> Which in retrospect meant it was easy. My parents grew up in Malaysia and my mum used to talk about how she was so poor she'd often go days without food and water. Every day she'd walk kilometres to school with the other boys and girls in her village. And I'd think, wow, even my mum knew boys. My life was my all-girls netball team and my all-girls Catholic school and my all-girls female staff part-time job at a school uniform shop. <laughs> I didn't know how to speak to boys, but I wanted a boyfriend. Not just wanted, I craved it with the horrifying intensity that only horny, repressed teenage girls will ever know. At the uniform shop, I watched the private boys reluctantly come in with their mothers. I'd smell their links from a mile off. And then I'd emerge from the back room and say, hello, you look like a size 14. Because we were trained to size them up on arrival. No one ever paid any attention to me, but that's because they were with their mothers. Until the two other girls I worked with got asked out. They were blonde and skinny and I wasn't which was okay because my new friends at the uniform shop told me I was funny and boys famously loved funny girls. So any day now my time would come. One day, a chubby Indian primary school girl came in for a fitting. She was upset because her mum wanted her to get a bigger uniform size. One of the skinny blonde girls I worked with smirked and said that was the biggest size. When they left, I went into her change room to take out the remaining clothes. She'd spat on the mirror on her reflection. I cleaned it up. I felt embarrassed for her, but also embarrassed by her. 
Did people see me like that? I pushed the thought out of my mind and continued making jokes about her all day with the skinny white bitches I worked with. Because I was a funny one after all. That night, I stayed up watching SBS late night movies. I watched a lot of different sex scenes involving a lot of different body types, specifically French sex. France, the country of sex and desire. I wanted to be sexed and desired. I'd never even kissed a boy, but I was ambitious. I was like the 16-year-old version of that guy from Love Actually, desperate for sex, but just on the wrong continent. I needed to go to France. I pitched the idea of French exchange to my parents with a PowerPoint, because I'd read that's what Emma Stone did to get her parents to move to Hollywood. I had two clear goals for my exchange, to become fluent in French and then to fluently kiss French boys. <laughs> Hannah from Viewbank was going to be the mysterious foreigner. Finally, I was going to be the protagonist. I was placed in a town called Cholet. It's famous for being to toilet bowl shaped. The neighboring town has an abattoir, so on still mornings, you can hear the squeal of pigs. On windy mornings, you can smell them. My host family had three kids, Marie, who was 21 and lived in Spain, Clemence, who was 18, and Lisa, who was 15 and went to school with me. All three of them looked like models. The school was a large cement building that looked like a prison. Confusingly, it also had barbed wire around it. And I was obsessed with it. Somewhere beyond those walls was my boyfriend. My first kill. I walked through those gates like a hero. But then, no one noticed me. No one cared I was l'Australienne. But they did care that I didn't look like an Australian. But that was as far as the conversation went. I thought my basic French of Kia Donta Fermi would be enough to make friends, but the kids spoke really fast and when I couldn't speak up, they all just lost interest. On the first day, I was assigned a girl called Manon to show me around. She made it clear that this was a punishment. I was loud and excitable and she told me to tone it down. I was giving her a headache. I ate lunch with her friends, the popular clique. When they saw me, they squeezed tighter together so there physically wasn't room for me at the table. I hovered on the outskirts, picking at my three-course canteen lunch, which, whilst amazing, felt like a dance with death every day, as the canteen staff did not believe in anaphylaxis and therefore my peanut allergy. <laughs> but hey, I said I wanted an exciting life, and here I was, finally living it. And it made me feel invisible and small, except for when it didn't. At times, I was far too visible and not very small. My host sister would remind me that I was too fat to wear Breton stripes. I had a red rain jacket that I cycled to school in, but the kids started calling me Father Christmas. <laughs> My host sister once checked the weight requirements of a lift to see if I was too heavy to get in it. Before France and the uniform shop, I'd never thought about my body. I had a mum who starved for years, so we never equated food with weight or being a negative thing. I'd always been Hannah from Viewbank, who played netball, my legs strong enough to carry me up and down the netball court. I felt acutely aware of my brown, chubby body against all these skinny, white French bodies. But then I'd remember that girl in the uniform shop who spat at her own reflection who I laughed at because I was scared people would laugh at me. I got so homesick, my insides ached. 
I ate so much cheese, my insides ached. <laughs> I had a crush on this hypermask sports jock called Edward. He'd smiled at me at lunch, so I thought finally I was in for a chance. Was I about to have my first ever French kiss? I told my host sister. She hooked up with him the next day. <laughs> at a family dinner, my 80-year-old host grandma talked about her boyfriend, Claude. She was in a walker, yet even she could get a boyfriend. <laughs> She asked if I had a lover. I said no, and my host sister said I hadn't even kissed anyone before. My host grandmother said, oh, that's so lovely, she's gay. And my host sister said, no. She's just, in, she's just not interested in anyone. It's awkward having your sexuality discussed over dinner, but what made me so annoyed was they got it wrong. It's not that I wasn't interested in anyone, no one was interested in me. Was I unlovable everywhere I went? And now we arrive at my moment, the moment that doesn't fit in my bio but should. Hannah Samuel is a queer writer of colour who went on French Exchange and that's where, unloved by everyone, she learnt to fucking stop complaining and get on with it. <laughs> she learnt that no one is going to love her if she didn't start loving herself. My eldest host sister, Marie, came back from Spain for a weekend visit. She was beautiful but not in the conventional French way. That is to say she wasn't bone thin and mean. She was literally infamous in our town because everyone she met her, that met her fell in love with her. She radiated an energy that made her magnetic. She was carefree and she was kind. She made you feel listened to. She shone light on other people which bounced back on her, making her shine all the more. She literally lit up every room she walked into. My mum in Australia taught us growing up that Western culture teaches you to seek happiness whereas Asian culture teaches you to seek acceptance. If you stop worrying about being happy all the time or searching for your perfect outcome or perfect body, you start appreciating what's around you, even if it's not what you envisaged. Instead of trying to make myself small, I started being more myself. I changed tables, I sat with the rejects, who I'm still friends with today. I got my first laugh in class when I used the feminine conjugation by mistake on the hyper-masked, hyper-fragile sports jock Edouard, <laughs> who made out with my host sister. I got my second laugh when I called him a cunt. <laughs> I chose to be irrepressibly me. I found an inner confidence and self-reliance that hadn't been there before. I started shining a light on myself rather than waiting for someone else to do it for me. A month after getting home, I got a T-shirt in the mail. It had little messages. This is it. Aww. Written on it from my cold, unfriendly class, who after months of never noticing me, suddenly felt my absence. Which goes to show when you start looking for joy within, you make others feel happier too. One particular note said, Hannah, notre petit rayon de soleil, which translates to our little ray of sunshine. Aww. And the T-shirt, little Miss Sunshine. <laughs> I never got my French kiss, nor my great French romance, but I fell in love with myself and my body, which for all of us is our longest relationship. So why not make it a good one? 13 years on, I've still never had a boyfriend. <laughs> it's funny how things work out that way. <laughs> At 16, I was pursuing boys with such wild desperation that I'd almost forgotten to notice all the girls around me. <laughs> almost. <laughs> Thank you.
Anna.